That's Lauren. And that's Lachlan. And this is We Accidentally Vaporize Our Podcast. Each episode, we're going to reread a chapter of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, and talk about it. It's a deep dive analysis, so it's a little bit more complex than just talking about it. Okay, fine. There's no need to go all daughter of Athena on me. Either way, grab your nectar and ambrosia and settle in for this episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Hi, this is Lauren. Before you get into this episode, I just wanted to let you know that we talk about suicide in this episode. If you need to skip it, please do. Just make sure you take care of yourself and your mental health. Whether you listen to the episode or not, thank you, and have a good day. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of We Actually Need a Prizer podcast. I have, having been for the last couple of times, I'm still Lauren. And I'm still Lachlan. Don't plan on changing to that anytime soon. But you never Uh, know. You You never know. You never know. I like to, you know, I like to keep it interesting. And I don't know how to keep it interesting. There isn't really many other ways to keep it. So I don't know. I'm confused. I'm tired. It's, oh, it's a good day. So anyway, (laughs) let's get into it. Chapter 14, I Become an Own Fugitive. And as the system now goes, since I have never forgotten to give a summary, it is my turn to give the summary. Uh, uh, you almost number. forgot that. You literally hit record and then realized you forgot. So Yes, but I didn't. Mm. But I didn't. And that recording will die. Mm. This one won't. So chapter 14, I become a known fugitive. The way the last chapter ended, Percy was falling. And he's still following. He falls a little bit, plunging to his death as the last chapter title uh, uh, insinuated. But he does not die. He survives ends up under the water, does some light experimenting with a lighter, and thankfully remembers his manners after some light reminding. He gets a little existential, wondering why he was saved, but then gets distracted and never thinks about that again. He gets some sound advice from something or someone, and later he gets some sound advice with zero context. When he finally resurfaces, after spending a little too much time under that water, he gets named by some survivors because they were survivors. I'm, I'm really just spoiling a lot here. I'm sorry. Yeah. And meets up with his friends who have zero clue what just happened. And finally, he runs back onto the train, leaving this chapter, this six-page six page chapter behind Seven, him. six and a half. Seven, six and a half. I don't know why I had so much trouble summarizing six and a half pages. I think you really said everything that happened. I think that's the whole episode. I think we're done. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> yes. yes. So before we get started, I just want to say that between this chapter and last week, my research history is quite concerning. And I want to let my FBI agent know that I'm okay. I'm just doing podcast research, which is a much less concerning type of not okay. Okay. <laughs> Moving I on. mean, when your whole entire history is how high can you jump? into water without dying what's the highest jump anyone's ever completed <laughs> how fast do you fall when you jump from this height <laughs> like it's not a very terminal velocity thing. is what 120 well part of the issue is that like there's some like deceleration forces as well because of your mass so it's like it's hard to actually reach it I don't yeah know. it was a lot of confusing sciencey stuff 
it would be very, very, very know, hard to do. And not from the all state. I know, all I know is that if you drop a penny off of a off of the uh, Empire State Building, you won't kill somebody. There you go. Ah, I was right. 120. Hmm. I learned that one. 120 what? We got to add miles, some miles per hour. There we go. There we go. 200 kilometers per hour if you're European. I did learn that if you like suddenly drop from going, I think it was 200 kilometers per hour, something like that, then your body will suddenly weigh like 7.5 tons because of the change of forces on you. And so like that doesn't sound great. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Just the way, the way everything changes, it like super messes everything up. It was very, very disturbing. Thankfully, Percy in that 630 feet probably doesn't hit terminal velocity. But in his falling, he, you know, instead of coming to terms with his own morality and laughing at the face of death, he mortality. just thought, ah! mortality, whatever. Ah! Um, which also, like, three, 630 feet is a long way to fall. Like, that's, that's a lot of time to be just screaming. Like, I think I'd be bored, essentially. I'd be like, the first one's going to be like, oh my God. I don't think like, that you would like, actually have enough time to get bored. No, bored I, I like think. Um, how do I Google this? Um, how long is long? Well, spelling long is a six hundred and thirty feet drop. It's just gonna tell me six hundred thirty feet, but I want to know. Did you just like, type how long would it take? How long is a six hundred thirty foot drop? Yeah, but yeah, no, uh, hmm, apparently. 6.3 seconds huh that's that's that a, would that would still feel like a long time in the moment I think. it would did you ever you never got into bull riding did you huh did no you know, no no i like it. yeah like eight, eight seconds does seem like a long time eight seconds is a hell of a long time so i think yeah i think 6.3 seconds that's a long time yeah yeah but I love the concept of Percy like, trying to act cool at first and like he can handle it. And he's like, okay, there's no way anyone's going to believe me and say that I can handle this fall. So like, yeah, whatever. I was screaming the whole time. Yeah. No All big realization. Like, in- just, oh my God, I'm going to die. Exactly. Um, so then he hits the water. Full of boom in a great oxy. Uh, no, onomatopoeia. It's not oxymoron. Onomatopoeia. Away out of bubbles. He sinks through the muck and doesn't hurt. Yeah, I had I had other thoughts about this. I have so many notes for such a short chapter, so I'm just gonna keep interrupting you with my little side comments this whole time. I think so. Oh my god! So the water somehow cushioned his fall. We can assume because he's the son of Poseidon, so he got, he got by that part. But I still think that he should have died before, be, assuming that we're ignoring the horizontal distance he has to cover because a straight drop should have hit the ground. But that's fine. We're going to ignore that. So I did some research, and the, so like we talked about earlier, the height wasn't enough to kill him by falling but he could have a heart attack from the fear and that can kill you during the fall but 12 years old heart attack but due to that amount of fear that like that amount of shock to the body though that could still get no but i i think that might be a little bit of like demigodness i'm just throwing in some other things that could have happened here right but i feel like if zeus was determined enough to like kill him because he already sent echidna in the last chapter i feel like he could have pulled a legend of Korra and just sucked all the air away from Percy. And then he just died because of that. Like he couldn't even like breathe through the fall. I think it would have been more likely that Zeus would have sent a stray wind or something 
and have him just miss the water <laughs> and hit the ground. Like, if anything, he's at the wind to help Percy get into the water. He had to cover a lot of distance. Yeah. But but yeah, no. But I, I just thought about that. I'm like, oh, could have pulled a legend to Korra, but not not cool enough. Zeus doesn't go hard enough for that. But oh well. Zeus doesn't go hard enough for that. Um yeah. so Percy he hits the water, it doesn't hurt. There's a catfish there, there's disgusting <laughs> garbage. He realizes he's alive he's totally fine the chimera wasn't poisonous and even in the veins anymore he's completely fine and he wasn't wet um, oh i i have i have lot, lot, lots of oh thoughts here <laughs> oh my god so no i think it's i think it's a very important question right so it says that the poison is gone from his body right we knew the water could heal him from capture the flood but i wonder like what the limits are like at what point would he be too far gone that taking him to the water wouldn't be enough you know is he like deadpool or wolverine where he can come back from anything or is there a certain limit where the water won't, won't be enough for him? I think, it, I think it depends on if it's the healing is instantaneous or not. Because there's probably like a certain point where it, it, the healing isn't fast enough and he's going to succumb to his wounds anyway. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's where- But I mean, so far it, it seemed pretty instantaneous. Like the cut that he got, um, the attack from the hellhound and like this. No, but this, this, also this seems more instantaneous than the cut. Like the cut, the way, the way it was described, like, it was a faint line that it was a it faded into a scar and then it faded from existence. Yeah, or was so, that more for dramatic effect of trying to describe this new power that he's discovered? Yeah, but then it should be it should still maintain consistency. <laughs> hmm. Either way, Percy isn't wet. Good for him. He can feel the coolness of the water, um, and he can see that there's his clothes are no longer on fire, but his shirt feels dry. Um, so he decides to test this out. In the only way a teenage boy knows how to test this out by grabbing a cigarette lighter and lighting stuff on, and lighting stuff on fire. So he grabs a hamburger wrapper. It turns to dry when he touches it. Grabs this lighter, lights it on fire, and then when he lets it go, it gets wet again and the fire stops. So I love the fact that Percy's first instinct is fire, which you know, awesome. I mean, that is like a pretty cool thing, though. That's something that should be able to happen underwater. Yeah, and the fact that you can do it. So I love that. Um, so he's just sort of like sitting there like in the mud um, and he's like I-, I should be dead I should be dead I should be dead I should be dead and then he hears this like and he imagines this woman's voice in his head of, that sounds a little like his mother saying Percy what do you say and he's like um thank you father um, and no one responds and then he's like why did Poseidon save me um, yeah. and like, so it says that when he talks underwater his voice sounds like they're recording a much older kid. And this is my moment of like English teacher maybe reading too much into it. Oh my God. But what? But isn't the whole point of this podcast for us to read into things too much and have fun discussions about it? We're yeah, thinking about like seven pages now that he's like super into this whole world, like his childhood is over. Like yeah, his life wasn't great before, but any possibility of him having a normal childhood is golly. He's only 12, but he has this weight of the whole world on his shoulders, this huge responsibility. He just jumped off of a 360 foot building because he wanted to save some people he never met. Because he was worried, hmm? 630. Is that not what I said? You said 360. <laughs> That's funny. 630 foot building because he wanted to save those people that were up there because he thought that if I die, then the monster will leave. So he's doing all these things that a 12 year old should never have to do or choices that they would never have to make. So like his childhood is gone and for the rest of his life he's going to be treated 
like this adult even more than that of someone that's having to make impossible choices and do insane things. So there you go. All right, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> so Percy's yeah. questioning why Poseidon saved him, which I, I think it's, I, I, I don't think it's Poseidon stepped in to save him. I think genetics kicked in and that's why he survived. It's, he's alive because of Poseidon, but not because Poseidon did anything. In I situation. think I think Poseidon may have made a conscious choice here because he's also having all these new powers are showing up. Like up until now, he's never had this not being wet in water. He hasn't been able to like turn things in the water dry. He hasn't been able to breathe underwater. So I think that this is a sort of like activation. Like, well, no, he did have like a little bit, like when he was in the bathroom, he was in that little dry circle. But as far as this like conscious thing of like now being more aware of this and realizing it and so I think that there yeah. was a conscious choice by Poseidon of like, all right, here you go, kid. Here's all these super fun powers. Let's keep you alive. So I think that yeah. Poseidon still, I, did make a conscious choice here. Oh uh, yeah, but I think it's I think it's more genetics than anything else. Um, but he didn't have all that stuff before. So yeah, what, whatever, whatever. Hmm. Um, so he's like sitting there at the bottom of the ocean, at the bottom of the river, the river, and he sees a sword. And he hears the voice again saying, Percy, take the sword. Your father believes in you. Um, and he's like, who are you? Wh- where are you? And he sees this woman appear, a ghost in the current, floating just above the sword with long billowing hair and eyes barely visible, barely visible were green like his. And he's like, mom? Which is like traumatic. And I feel so bad for him. And he's like, seeing this image of this woman telling him, like, your father believes in you. And he's like, and she's like no i'm only a messenger your mother's fate is not as hopeless as you believe go that to the beach good, in saint monica that is good that is good um it is your father's will before you descend into the underworld you must go to saint Mo- santa monica please i cannot stay long the river here is too foul for my presence he's like who who are you what what are you what are you doing Come and she's like i cannot stay brave one um, you must go to Santa Monica and Percy, do not trust the gifts. And she leaves. Yeah. And Percy's like, gifts, what gifts? Which, like, first of all, I, I think at this point of this advice, if I got advice from a spirit thing that looked vaguely like my uh my mostly dead mom telling me not to not to trust the gifts, I'm never taking accepting a gift from anyone ever again. <laughs> yeah. So I Again, more questions here, right? So it says that his sword is sticking out of like the mud five feet away from him. Why didn't it come back to him in his pocket? Um, is there some sort of other force overriding the magic? Is it magic that brings his sword back? Are we allowed to call it magic? What is it? What is it that makes his sword come I, back and transform and all that? I think it's the power of Rick Riordan needing something for the plot. Yeah. but we can't really call it magic so it's kind of weird but something overrides it and prevents him from the sword returning so he has to dramatically like the hero that he is pull the sword out of the ground a little like sword in the stone-esque moment has to pull it Um, out and choose his destiny exactly so he like grabs the sword he's thinking to himself the chimera might still be up there yeah i also love where and then he Oh no, I was gonna say that he he's like the, the chimera might still be up there. And then he caps the sword and puts the ballpoint pen back in his pocket. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you think the chimera is still up there? Maybe well, I mean it's gonna be a lot easier for him to swim with it in his pocket versus holding the sword. So 
It's not like it takes that long for it to transform. It's going to be a little easier to fight the Chimera with the his sword in his hand and not in his pocket. Because if it hits him again with that poison, all of a sudden, what? He's, like, trying to, like, grab it from his yeah. pocket and take but it out. But if it's waiting for him at the top, then you might have to take the elevator again. And then that's when he can take it out. Can you imagine just standing in the, ele- in the elevator waiting to start fighting somebody? That'd be hilarious. But also, the last line that the spirit person says person of the waters your father believes in you and he's thinking like yeah she also called me brave unless she was talking to the catfish it's like percy please believe in yourself it's okay (laughs) you can do it i believe in you but she as her image melts away percy thinks that if it was my mother i had lost her again he says that he felt like drowning himself the only problem was he was immune to drowning I get that's supposed to be a joke, but that's very, very dark. That's, I don't think it was a joke. Uh, I think it's really part of like the only problem I was immune to drowning. I feel like that part was supposed to come off as a joke, but the idea of it is very dark and very upsetting. The fact that Percy is so disheartened in everything that has happened so far that he's thinking, you know, maybe my life would be better if I just drowned right now. He should have turned into a dolphin. Should have turned into a dolphin. Should have taken that offer. But is, do you think that this is Percy having suicidal tendencies? I don't think so. All right. Because I think that, because my understanding of Percy is that, like we talked about before, he is so loyal to other people. And if other people are in danger, he's not going to do something that would possibly leave them at risk. So, like he doesn't know what's happened to Chimera. He doesn't know if, per- if Annabeth and Grover are safe. So he's not going to abandon them by doing this thing and leaving them on their own. I think that he would be willing to sacrifice himself and battle for other people. But I don't think that he would make the choice of killing himself as like an independent, separate event. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Like, I still think that he's still, like he still sees a chance of being able to save his mom. And so he's not going to give that up yet. But I I think it's, deserve some thought because he didn't know that he was going to survive that fall he he Mm -hmm. hoped he would but he didn't know that he was going to and the way he phrased this here i'm just wondering i mean he's he's clearly not the confident hero of -hmm. the story so i'm I'm sorry if this is like if i'm like totally off track or this is like you or anyone else uncomfortable i'm really sorry if that if that is happening right now that was not my intention um we will put a warning at the yeah top that in the description yeah no i think i think in the moment it was meant to be sort of like a bad joke of it's 2005 and no one's really thinking about these things as seriously as we probably should but i mean i think it's a valid thing to consider but i still stand by my point of more of like if percy is going to like intentionally put himself in harm's way it will be more to protect other people than to do anything just to himself like choosing to jump off of the of the arch to save other people to like take a knife for somebody else i think that would be more of a percy type situation than than just a separate suicide yeah all right um all right cool well moving on (laughs) um percy when he comes out of the surface comes to 
ashore next to a floating McDonald's. What's a floating McDonald's? Um, I think maybe like on a dock or, or possibly this was a typo. Maybe he meant I came ashore floating next to a McDonald's. Um, no, it's apparently there is a, I'm sorry, I, I should have looked this up earlier, but apparently there is a floating McDonald's in St. Louis, huh. St. Louis, where it's literally just a McDonald's on a boat. Well, there you go. McDonald's cool. on a boat. That's where he comes I, out of the I water. I think they should have stopped and gotten it. Um, gotten some food. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, as we'll I, find I out, they don't really have time for that. So yeah, I, I, if I had the chance to eat at the Florida McDonald's, I think I'd take it. So he comes out of the water about a block away from the arch. And of course, there's like tons of emergency vehicles. There are helicopters that have flown in. And he says it looks like Times Square on New Year's Eve from the amount of people that are there watching what's going on. And a little girl sees Percy come out of the water and says, Mama, that boy walked out of the water. And the woman's like, oh, that's nice, dear. And she's like, but he's dry. And mom's like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Like watching everything else. My question about this is I'm wondering, can she see, can this child see through the mist or is the mist just working so hard on the main event of the arch explosion and the fight and all that stuff that this is sort of like a more like transparent part of the mist and she's just sort of like seeing through this area that wasn't too heavily focused on. I'm not sure. I'm my, I put my money on more she can see through the mist than mm-hmm. anything else uh, but it's also the the way that Kyron talked about the mist is like mortals put things into their own reality using the mist so maybe it just affects the uh, older people more than younger people mm. is it like that terrible movie I had to watch so many times the polar express where like you can listen to the bell as long as you believe and even if you could hear at one point so you know it's real like you get older you get more like cynical and like you stop believing in things the mist works harder on or more easily on adults because they're less likely to want to believe in all these things and kids are like still in the fantasy all that stuff they want to see these things like everyone wants to see a unicorn when you're young and that kind of thing so it's easier for you to peek through you want to actually say something in response and not just nod at me yeah i I agree with you there (laughs) because this is a podcast so we need a verbal response oh no i'm sorry i I, I hit the wrong thing on my computer and I, I, I screwed up and I like couldn't hear you for a second. That's hilarious. Um, well, we're going to go with my point was exactly right. Lauren agrees 150% I and I'm a genius. Vehemently, uh, All right. Every count. So a newswoman says that it's probably not a terrorist attack, but it's still early on. There's a lot of damage. And we're trying to talk to some of the survivors and ask them questions, try to get some eyewitness reports. So Percy's like, okay, people survived. Fantastic. Love to see it. That's exactly what I was hoping would happen. Good stuff. And so he's hoping that- Mentioned Hmm? that someone, they also mentioned that there are eyewitness reports of someone falling from the arch. So clearly someone or some people saw Percy falling. Yes. Which that would be very upsetting to see, but- it's all good because they'll never, never find, find a body. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So now he's trying to track down and Beth and Grover when he hears another reporter say there's an adolescent boy. We've learned that surveillance cameras show an adolescent boy going wild on the observation deck and somehow setting off the explosion. It's hard to believe that's what we're hearing. 
again, no fatalities are confirmed. And I'm just thinking like, of course, the miss is going to blame it on Percy. And like, what a jerk, the non-sentient thing. <laughs> but hey, no fatalities. It could be just like, they see a random like woman going crazy with her dog and that's what said it all. Like, no, of course it's Percy. Nope. All <laughs> random Percy. Yep. So he's sneaking through the crowd of all the officers and reporters and he's thinking he won't ever find his friends. But then, yay, he does. Our trio is reunited. And I think that they should learn right here. You never split up again. This went horribly never wrong. Party. Never split the party. Never split the party. Um, <laughs> Percy and Emma tackle him. And Percy says, we thought you'd gone to Hades the hard way, which I love that line. Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, what happened? Like, you tell us. We left you alone for five minutes. What happened? So... Percy's like, well, I kind of fell. And then a cop shouts, gangway! So the crowd parts. A woman on a stretcher is being uh, pushed through. She was the mother of the little boy on the observation deck. And she's striding. There was this huge dog and this huge, this, this fire-beating chihuahua. Oh, okay, ma'am. Just calm down. Your family is fine. The medication is going to start kicking in. And, per- and then she sees Percy. And it's like, that is the boy. That's the boy who he cut up, jumped out of the hole and the monster disappeared. And Annabeth is like, they, so they start walking away. Annabeth is like, what do you mean? What's going on? Is that such a chihuahua in the elevator? So then Percy describes everything to them. The chimera, Enchena, um, the high dive act, the underwater lady's message. And I really want a chapter, there's like a point of view of this from Annabeth and Percy, from Annabeth and Grover's point of view. <laughs> because I can imagine them, they just like hop onto the elevator. I'm imagining Annabeth waiting at the bottom of the elevator, like tapping her foot, arms crossed, like, can this thing hurry up? We need to get back on the train. We have exactly this many minutes. We should probably pick up food in our yeah. way. And she's like plotting their route back to the train. Exactly. And then they just and I the bet, explosion. And, like, oh. and I bet before the explosion hit, um, Grover's like, they're taking too long. This isn't good. Something's happening. They're taking too long. Something's going wrong. And, and, and it's like, nothing is going wrong. Yeah. They're fine, Grover. Just for like the down. very last second, he can like smell when Echidna like transforms and the Chihuahua turns into the Chimera, and he can like tell like, oh no, it's it's going down, but they can't get back up there. Yeah. Like, and they're just be like chilling. At, they're just chilling at the bottom, waiting, and all of a sudden they just hear an explosion, and Grover's like, "Do you think Percy's okay?" And and it's like he better be, otherwise I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> yep, and so. Percy like also explains the part about how he has to go to Santa Monica and Grover's like, well, we have to do that. You can't just ignore something from your dad. Like we definitely got to go out there. So we got a new your plan. Never talked to you. Needs to, told you to go here. So you need to listen to him. Yes. Yep. And um, then unfortunately we get another news update that they have identified the boy who like destroyed everything as Percy Jackson. Same person wanted by authorities for serious New Jersey bus incident three days ago and they think that he's traveling west and they even have a p- picture of him so now everyone at home in this area knows what's up they're all gonna be looking out for him so we gotta get and out fast is, and this is how he becomes a known fugitive yes because now everyone knows him because now it's not just in New Jersey now now it's nationwide we can assume especially if they yeah. are he's traveling west and they're going to be posting this everywhere yeah so Grover says, we got to get out of here. We got to go. So they made it back to the Amtrak station, get aboard the train just before it pulled out for Denver. And the train starts heading west as darkness falls. Police knights 
police lights still pulsing against the St. Louis skyline behind them. Yes. And my note for this one is they miraculously made it back onto the train, still going to Denver. How will they get to Santa Monica from there? That's not a problem for right now. Yeah. Also, can you imagine like just being immortal and following this news story or this 12 year old boy and just how insane that would be? Like yeah. I remember our biggest I, news story, ran news story from back in the day, was like like the balloon boy. And that ended up being a hoax, I think. But can you imagine like something like this? That would be crazy. Being a viewer. Um, yeah, they just casually hop back on the train. Yep. Now that like everywhere, I'm assuming most news stations have, or some news stations are sh- showing his photos. He's just like, they must have to buy him a hat or like a hood or something. He's just like, you know, casually like. I mean, hey, what uh, do you mean buy him a hat? They just put Ambus hat on him, tie a rope around his waist so they can't lose him. And you're good to go. <laughs> So the rope will just, at what point do you think that rope would disappear? Probably wherever it's attached to him. Mm, so there'd be like a rope and it would just stop, like pulled taut, it would just stop in space. No, I, because when Annabeth wears the hat, like every, like her body, her clothes, like everything connected to her disappears. Yeah, so I think, I'm, I think that the entire rope would be invisible but if you're holding on to the rope you'd still be visible yes okay makes sense i i, I can get on board with it yeah i just imagine like the kindergarten rope lines when they're on field trips everyone has to hold on to it look at one of those like leash backpacks oh not those oh no those yes. are very controversial the leash backpacks those are those are but i think in this situation percy could could need one yeah percy does <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, this is a very short chapter, but I, I mean, I still got a lot out of it. I had a lot of thoughts, a lot of questions. I had like, less Percy's thoughts, got, less questions. Percy's got all these new powers now, which is very exciting, I think. I do still still stand by that Poseidon choose, chose to activate them. It's like, it's like I, when, I, when, it's like when Tony Stark gave, gave, um, I almost call him Tom Holland, gave Peter the new fancy suit. And it's like, you have some powers, Seems pretty great. Now we're gonna step that up a bit because you've like earned it. You seem pretty cool now. So here's like a fa- fancy suit to match. I I think it's more like maybe because Poseidon hasn't had kids in a while, like all this power is built up. So Percy's got more abilities than others. <laughs> or maybe it's just like he's always had it, but he has never unlocked them in himself because you have to have this knowledge of like what you can do and who you are and also by knowing these abilities that would make him familiar to monsters mm-hmm. oh yes yeah, so it's sort of like how once he knows more about himself then he will check more monsters once he knows more about himself more of his powers come off exactly i don't know but he didn't discover anything new about himself when he jumped off the tower he <laughs> like discovered he, that he's willing to sacrifice himself about for camp mm. discovered that he's willing to sacrifice himself for others I guess, but yeah, no, I mean, you can have your thoughts. I can have mine. If you want to let us know, listener, what, what you think. Yes. Gave please Percy let us know. powers. Yes. That'd be cool. Please, please let us know. And please make sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you listen on. If that said platform allows you to do said rate, reviewing or subscribing. If not, go to a different platform and rate us on that one. <laughs> Um, no, and next again, week we're talking positive. about chapter 15 god buys us cheeseburgers so they're gonna get yes. some food 
Yay. Yes, they're not only getting fed, they're meeting another god. Which but also, I don't I know if I would for. trust cheeseburgers from mythological beings because Auntie M gave them cheeseburgers and she turned up to be Medusa and tried to kill them. So yes, but they were able to eat. That is I true. I think at this point, food trumps a lot, <laughs> especially yeah. considering they have no food, no money. And oh only my two God. of them are armed. I, I got to write this down. That could be an idea to talk about at the end that we can't talk about right now, but I have a new theory. Okay. Never we'll talk about then. it at the end. It's very okay. exciting. Well, Stay tuned for that, everybody. Yes, I cannot wait. Um, so thank you so much. Please, I said it before, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is our shortest episode yet. It won't stay like this forever. Next no. episode, we'll be back up to our usual way too long. So thank you so I much. I mean, this was only like seven one. pages, so. Yeah, yep. six and a half. There you go. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>Hi, this is Lauren. I wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of We Accidentally Vaporize Our Podcast and ask you to follow our incredible Instagram. We post a bunch of really cool stuff on there, so I think you would like it. And by we, I mean Lachlan posts a bunch of really cool stuff on there. You should go check it out at Accidentally Vaporize Pod on Instagram. Thank you and have a good day.